This is First News on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. 604, the forecast for today. The National Weather Service calling for a slight chance of showers and a high in the low 80s. Otherwise, we'll have pretty much a mostly sunny day today. Relative humidity is at 90%. However, more importantly, the dew point, which is how it feels as far as comfort, is about 58. So it's just creeping into that humid range. Johnson City Police are investigating a stabbing a few blocks away from Wilson Memorial Regional Medical Center. Police say 26-year-old village man was taken to the hospital for treatment of two stab wounds following the 10.45 p.m. Monday incident near the railroad tracks south of the intersection of Corliss Avenue and Allen Street. A detective says he believes the man was treated and released. Investigators were working to determine the circumstances surrounding the stabbing. It was not immediately known what type of weapon was used. No arrests have been made. Police have not provided any information about the suspect, including the sex of the assailant and the name of the victim has not been released. WMBF First News Time 605. Minor injuries are reported after a car rolled onto its roof in a collision with another vehicle in heavy rush hour traffic on the Vestal Parkway. That crash occurred on the eastbound lanes of the parkway just west of Annetta Street at around quarter of five yesterday afternoon. A woman who was driving a Toyota RAV4 sport utility vehicle reportedly suffered cuts in that rollover crash. She was taken by ambulance to the hospital for treatment. A man driving a Dodge Dart GT sedan said he was not hurt. Police are investigating, but the man claims the SUV cut in front of him. Eastbound traffic on the parkway backed up for a time as the police officers directed motorists around that crash scene. It was not known whether police planned to issue any tickets. The names of the drivers have not been released. WMBF First News Time 606. The first wind turbines are in place for a massive power generating project in eastern Broome County. The Bluestone Wind Project will consist of 26 turbines in the town of Windsor and Sanford. The completed project will include 13 miles of access road, 36 miles of high voltage power lines, and two meteorological towers. The wind farm will cover an area totaling 5,662 acres. The project received needed local and state approvals in spite of opposition from residents living near the sites. Tree clearing for the 112 megawatt wind farm began early last year. Northland Power of Canada will manage the facility, which is purchased. They've purchased the project two years ago. The wind farm will connect to existing New York State Electric and Gas transmission lines. The project is expected to generate enough energy to power about 54,000 homes. The Bluestone Wind Project is expected to start commercial operation by the end of this year. Northland Power executives are planning to join local and state officials for an event in Sanford today. WMBF News Time 607. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf and lawmakers have wrapped up a budget package, but it's about two weeks late. Approving billions of dollars in new spending tax breaks for business, and substantial sums for public schools. The package caps the eighth and final budget for the Democrat governor. Pennsylvania is in its best fiscal position in years, with the state treasury benefiting from federal coronavirus subsidies. Governor Wolf secured his big new subsidies for public schools, 
That was perhaps his top priority as governor. Pennsylvanians will not see a cut in their income or sales taxes. Wolf, however, and lawmakers are cutting the corporate net income tax rate. That was one of the nation's highest. WMBF First News Time 608. Sticking with Pennsylvania and its spending amid a growing mental health crisis across the state, Pennsylvania lawmakers are prioritizing youth mental health services in this year's budget by approving a first-time line item of $100 million for in-school support. Every school district in the Commonwealth will receive $100,000 as a base grant, and charter school entities will receive $70,000. The state's Safety and Security Fund, which was established in 2018 after the high school shooting in Parkland, Florida, will also receive $100 million, and $42.6 million will be allocated for county mental health offices, providing at-home and community-based behavioral health services. It's 6.09, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. My friend. Good morning. It's 610. Here on this Wednesday, July 13th, you're listening to Binghamton's First News with myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Now time for a check on traffic and weather. Right now, morning commuters may experience some possible minor delays on New York 201 in Johnson City due to single-lane nighttime closures in both directions from Riverside Drive to New York 17 for bridge work. The work runs from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m., started on Wednesday night, and will run through tomorrow. And starting on Monday, the Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4. That's the 1781 split, and work is expected to last approximately three weeks. That's weather dependent. You've probably seen that already. They're removing the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. And a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge, county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. So that's going to take a couple weeks to sort itself out. So if you take Sherman Creek Bridge on your way to work, you start working on a different route to get there. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed, and a signed detour route will not be in place during the closure. Check on weather right now in downtown Binghamton. It's about 61 degrees. Humidity is 90%, and it definitely feels that way. Today, a slight chance of showers between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 5 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Chance of rain is 30%. Tonight, a chance of showers and thunderstorms before 10 p.m., then a slight chance of showers, partly cloudy with a low around 59, chance of rain 30%. Tomorrow, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., mostly sunny with a high near 80 degrees, chance of rain 30%. Tomorrow night, mostly clear with a low around 55. 
Well, we kick off what looks like a pretty nice weekend so far. Friday, sunny with a high near 81 degrees. Friday night, mostly clear with a low around 58. And Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 88 degrees. It's a scorcher. Saturday night, partly cloudy with a low around 65. Uh, before that nice weather, maybe clears up a little bit on Sunday. Looks like it might rain Sunday. 612, you're listening to WMBF. The Vestal Kim. You're listening to First News on WMBF. Time for a check on sports. Last night, Jonathan India drove in two runs with a go-ahead bases-loaded single with two outs in the ninth, and the Cincinnati Reds completed an unlikely comeback, rallying past the New York Yankees 4-3. The Yankees, at this point, were 49-0 when leading after eight innings. And the Reds were 0-48 when trailing after 8 before New York closer Clay Holmes failed to retire any of the five hitters he faced. Holmes loaded the bases by plunking Tyler Stevenson and allowed an RBI single to Tyler Naquin and heard boos after hitting Kyle Farmer with a pitch. Wandy Peralta got two outs and was one strike away when India lined a single into center field. Tough end for the Yankees yesterday. Can't help but feel like maybe I jinxed them a little bit by talking down on the Cincinnati Reds, the lowly Cincinnati Reds, still in the 30s in their win. The Yankees have just about double the amount of wins that the Cincinnati Reds have this year. Thought we could get a nice, easy midweek series before heading into the All-Star break. Nope, not going to happen. Clay Holmes, of all people. Clay Holmes, the lone Yankee reliever to find himself in the All-Star game, which is a little bit strange considering how good the Yankees bullpen has been this year, but... There's just a lot of good relievers on the market this year. Clay Holmes is certainly one of them. That's a tough loss. You know, the Cincinnati Reds, yesterday I did say their record was, I think it was about 32 and 55 yesterday, somewhere around there. And what I failed to mention was that they started the season 2 and 22, and after that played roughly 500 ball. So, not a team to be taken too lightly. Definitely not a good team. Not a good team at all. And. That 500 ball they played after 22 out of 24 losses to start the season, well, it's not going to get them back in the NL Central this year. Former Yankee Brandon Drury on the Cincinnati Reds. People forget about Brandon Drury. People forget the really weird circumstances that led to Brandon Drury not being a Yankee anymore. He signed him to be a third baseman after the departure of Chase Headley. Then we found out that he gets migraines that were so bad that sometimes he was in the box and just couldn't see the ball at all. So we put him on the injured list, and of course that led to the rise of Miguel Andujar in 2018, where he finished second in Rookie of the Year voting. Second to Shohei Otani. For the Mets, Matt Olson hit a go-ahead two-run homer in the sixth inning. Adam Duvall went deep for two runs in the seventh, and the Atlanta Braves beat the New York Mets 4-1. to one. The defending World Series champion Braves trimmed the Mets' NL, lead, NL East lead to one and a half games. And teams will play the rubber match of the three-game series Wednesday. The Braves haven't lost consecutive games since June 17th and 18th. They are 30-9 and since June 1st, best in the major leagues over that span. Atlanta had one hit against Mets starter David Peterson before Olsen crushed a slider 426 feet to straightaway center field. 
Can't get any better than that. Straight away home run. Dead central. I'm sure the Mets would have liked to sweep this series. It's unrealistic to expect a sweep, especially against a team as good as the Atlanta Braves. But, you know, heading into the All-Star break, you'd like, like at least a little bit of a cushion in this division. Mets expecting, they just got back Max Scherzer. They're going to be expecting Jacob DeGrom back in the near future. But still, you can't take the Braves lightly. Matt Olson, of course, the replacement for the Braves for Freddie Freeman, who's now with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That was a really weird situation as well. It played out about a week and a half ago where Freddie Freeman fired his agent because apparently his agent never told him about the final offer that the Braves made in free agency for Freddie Freeman, knowing that Freeman would have taken less money to stay with Atlanta. Certainly interesting. Certainly unethical on that agent's part. Let's see how that plays out. For the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, they found themselves on the L column again yesterday against the Erie Seawolves in Erie. They lost 4 nothing, only managed three hits. So again, just not a, not a lot of offense coming for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies over the last week or so. They're now 31-51. and 51. 620 here on WMBF. Your area. Six twenty-one here on WMBF. Now it's time for Wall Street Now with ABC's Jim Ryan. From ABC News, Wall Street Now. Stocks took a tumble for the third session in a row yesterday. Tuesday's closing bell saw both the S&P and the Nasdaq Composite fall 0.9%. The Dow Jones finished 0.6% lower, just shy of 31,000. Concerns about economic slowdowns worldwide have eaten into oil prices as well. West Texas Intermediate Crude closed at 97.17 a barrel yesterday, down from a high of more than $122 a little over a month ago. We'll get a new look today at how fast prices have been rising for you and me. There are concerns that the Labor Department's core consumer price index will show that high home prices are fueling inflation. Housing makes up two-fifths of the CPI. The 10th largest prize in the 20-year history of the Mega Millions lottery goes up for grabs on Friday. Nobody has picked all seven numbers correctly since April 15th. The jackpot now has grown to $480 million. Jim Ryan, ABC News. Well, for $480 million, I might have to stop by the gas station on my way home and pick up a couple lottery tickets. I'm not that lucky. I know I'm not that lucky. Would be kind of fun, though, to come in to WMBF tomorrow and say, yeah, well, I'm only doing this 6 to 9 show for fun now. You guys don't actually have to pay me because guess what? I won the lottery yesterday, $480 million. I wonder if I would still come in at 6 a.m. Maybe I'd, maybe I'd give Bob Joseph a cool 100 mil just to switch time slots with him. Not shows. We'll run Binghamton now from 6 to 9, but it'd be kind of nice to stroll into the office at about 8.50. Now it's time for A Better Life with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. A Better Life with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Gratitude is something we talk about a lot. Not only does it make you feel good, it's actually good for your health. People who are more grateful produce more of the brain's feel-good neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin. They have lower levels of the stress hormone cortisol. 
On a recent episode of my Chasing Life podcast, Christina Costa, a teacher and doctoral student at my alma mater, the University of Michigan, told me this. Gratitude even strengthens your immune system and helps you experience less pain. There are so many quick and easy ways to practice gratitude on a daily basis. A five-minute meditation, a gratitude journal. How about a happiness jar, like an Eat, Pray, Love, where you write down one thing you're grateful for every day and then go back and pull out one of these little pieces of paper to read when you're having a tough day. Gratitude really works. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, helping you live a better life. If you're in healthcare, you know the power of data. At NRC Health, we know data isn't enough. Going beyond data to genuinely connect with each person is what really matters. That's the power of human understanding. At NRC Health, harnessing that power is everything. Helping you improve care for everyone. It's the secret ingredient for the smartest healthcare systems. Go deeper at nrchealth.com. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Almost three Six twenty-six here on WMBF. Time for another check on traffic and weather. Right now, morning commuters may experience some possible minor delays on New York two hundred one in Johnson City due to single-lane nighttime closures in both directions from Riverside Drive to New York seventeen for bridge work. That runs from eight p.m. to seven a.m. Started last Wednesday and should run through tomorrow night. The Department of Transportation is also conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4. It's the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks, started on Monday, and is weather dependent. They're going to be removing the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. We have a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge, a county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Samford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th, 2022. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will not be placed during the closure. That's all the traffic that we know about right now. If you see anything out there, feel free to give us a call, 607-772-1290. Let us know if anything's going on. We can help everybody get to work on time. Now, check on weather right now in downtown Binghamton. It's about 61 degrees, 90% humidity. I feel like it's been real humid in the two weeks I've been doing this solo. Not a big fan of that. Today, a slight chance of showers between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 5 p.m., mostly sunny with a high near 82. Chance of rain is 30%. Tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms before 10 p.m., then a slight chance of showers, 
partly cloudy with a low around 59 degrees, 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow, chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 80 degrees, chance of rain 30%, and tomorrow night, mostly clear with a low around 55 degrees. Friday, sunny with a high near 81. Friday night, mostly clear with a low around 58. And Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 88. Scorcher. Saturday night, partly cloudy with a low around 65 degrees. 628 on WMBF. Want to say... Six twenty nine on WMBF. Now it's time for an entertainment update from ABC. Well, apparently, ABC doesn't want to enter update on us on entertainment. Let's see. Entertainment News. Laughter, tears, and mom. That's how actress Sydney Sweeney celebrated her first two Emmy nominations Tuesday, posting on Instagram the moment after the announcement where she connected with her mother. Mom! <laughs> Sweeney nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama for her role as Cassie Howard in Euphoria and also Best Supporting Actress for the anthology series The White Lotus, both shows on HBO. Thanks, Mom. Better Call Saul and its star Bob Odenkirk also up for a bunch of Emmys. Odenkirk revealing that next week's episode is the one during which he suffered a heart attack while filming. He tells The Hollywood Reporter he filmed most of the scene, collapsed, and then came back to finish it five weeks later. And he hopes viewers won't notice anything. I'm Phoebe Hill and everything's trash. The new series Everything's Trash debuts today on Freeform, a comedy from creator Phoebe Robinson. I'm Captain the Millennium Falcon. And legendary actor Harrison Ford is 80 today. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. Individual. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 61 degrees at 632. Feeling a little bit on the soupy side as we're approaching that 60 for a dew point. Right now, the dew point is at 58. Forecast for today. Some sunshine, but a 30% chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm. And a high today into the low 80s. Joe Biden starts his first visit to the Middle East of his presidency with a monumental task, assuring uneasy Israel and Saudi Arabian officials that he is committed to preventing Iran from becoming a nuclear power. Biden lands in Israel this afternoon for a three-day stop before heading on to Saudi Arabia. In Sri Lanka, days of peaceful protest turned violent today. The president of Sri Lanka has fled the country, slipping away only hours before he promised to step down under pressure from protesters angry, angry over economic chaos that has triggered several shortages of food and fuel. But the crisis that has gripped the island nation for months is far from over. Thousands of protesters demanding the prime minister also resign, rallied outside his office, and some stormed the compound today. The prime minister's office declared a nationwide state of emergency. The Sri Lankan Air Force said the president and his wife left aboard one of its planes bound for the Maldives. 
little bit closer to home. A new inflation report will be released, but officials today have some notes on a bigger picture. All eyes on the economy with today's inflation report, but the Biden administration says it may not tell the full story. The report could show new 40-year highs, but the White House says there are signs it could be peaking and recent drops in the price of gas, food, and shipping prices will not be reflected in today's report. The average price, according to Gas Buddy, for a gallon of regular gas is 466, which means Americans will spend $142 million less on gas today compared to a month ago. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. WMBF First News Time 634. A great bed man is accused of inappropriately touching a 12-year-old girl. Pennsylvania State Police in Susquehanna County say they arrested 38-year-old Matthew Post on June 27th. The authorities say at around 5.17 p.m. they received a report of an adult male inappropriately touching a 12-year-old girl from Halstead. Troopers say further investigation resulted in Post being charged with indecent assault and corruption of minors. At the time of his arrest, bail was set at $5,000. Pennsylvania State Police are looking for a cache of stolen weapons and a suspect in connection with a break-in at a home in New Milford in late May. The authorities say guns, ammunition, and other items were stolen between May 20th and the 22nd from a home on Cosmelo Road in New Milford Township in Susquehanna County. The owner of the property returned to the residence at the end of May to discover multiple firearms missing sometime between midnight may 20th and may and 10 30 in the morning of may 22nd troopers say there were no signs of forced entry to the house the victim reported a black high point mansfield oh high point carbine rifle a law enforcement 22 caliber rifle with an unknown serial number a law enforcement 20 gauge shotgun with an unknown serial number a law enforcement 16 gauge shotgun pump with unknown make model and serial number and 100 rounds of magtech 115 gr ammunition were stolen the investigation is continuing anyone who saw any suspicious activity around the home between may 20th and the 22nd or anyone with information about someone possibly trying to sell weapons should contact take local law enforcement or the Pennsylvania State Police. WMBF First News Time 635. A federal lawsuit challenging part of New York's new gun law has been filed by conservative Republican congressional candidate Carl Palladino. It's just one of the many legal challenges expected against state handgun licensing rules approved after a recent Supreme Court ruling. New York lawmakers this month approved new licensing rules for carrying concealed weapons after the Supreme Court struck down a 109-year-old state law that required people to demonstrate an unusual threat to their safety to qualify for a license to carry a handgun outside the home. The sweeping law signed by Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul is set to take effect September 1st. There are several provisions that gun rights groups are taking aim at, including banning firearms from a long list of sensitive places. That caveat appears to only allow weapons in places like businesses where there are notices posted specifying that guns are welcome. People who bring guns into places without such signs could be prosecuted on felony charges. The new law would also require people applying for a handgun license to turn over a list of social media accounts so background checks can include a search for threats, participation in sites maintained and frequented by extremist groups, and other red flags that might hint at an applicant's mental instability. It's 637, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. If you're. News Radio 1290, WMBF. Good morning. It's 638 on this Wednesday, July 13th. 
You're listening to Binghamton's First News with myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Pretty slow morning this week. I feel like it's been a pretty slow news week overall. That's one of the downsides to working in local news is that when nothing's going on, nothing too crazy is happening, you don't have a whole lot to do. I like being busy. Gives me a chance to also work on some weirder stories. Not weird stories like things going on in the community. Weird stories like, you know, top five things that a newcomer to Binghamton should know. Things that I've learned in my first month that, you know, got me in trouble my first week on air when, you know, I said something like, upstate, I'm in upstate New York. Well, people didn't like that very much. We're in the southern tier. We're not in upstate, we're in the southern tier. Upstate is its own region. To me, though, everything above the Bronx is upstate because I had to travel upstate to get there. The logic makes sense in my mind, but I know the residents of the greater Binghamton area get very upset when I call this upstate, and I'll try to not do that very often. I'll try to minimize the amount of times I say I'm in upstate New York. Evidence of such doing it at least eight times in the last two minutes or so here. Need some suggestions for other things that a newcomer to Binghamton should know about. I know about speedies. I like speedies. I don't know why speedies aren't more popular in other regions. Because it is a pretty basic food. The marinated sandwiches. It's not like they couldn't do that in, like, Arizona or California. But I don't know. I don't know why it's only really limited to the greater Binghamton area. I mean, we don't even have those on Long Island or in... I I never found them in the city. I never came across a speedy shop while I was walking the streets of Harlem. I don't know. Maybe I probably wouldn't have noticed anyway. You know, it's probably on my younger brother. My younger brother graduated from Binghamton University in 2019, and, you know, I never heard about Speedies. He never told me about Speedies. What I did hear about is the location of the local burrito shop. I won't name the one, but he ate there a lot, and I ate there a lot, too. I love a good burrito. Chipotle specifically, though. That's a big debate on Long Island. Chipotle or Moe's? I prefer Chipotle. Some people prefer Moe's. It's okay. I don't judge them too harshly. Up around here, though, it's Speedy's. can't believe he was here for four years, and I never once heard the word Speedy come out of his mouth. And Speedy's are good. They're good. Maybe he's just not adventurous enough. And he's not the only relative I had come to Binghamton University, either. It's kind of weird. The place that I would end up working is, I had, like relatives living here for almost 12 years consecutively i think there were a couple years of breaks in between but you know i have a a cousin in grad school at binghamton right now she just finished her undergrad program i had an older cousin who went to binghamton university and my brother in the middle there all three of them i did not hear a single word about speedies until i told them hey i'm moving to binghamton what should i know about binghamton so that's two things to put in this little list I'm developing in my head and you know, maybe put out a more fun article. I do like writing fun articles rather than news. News is important. It's very important for you know typical hardcore journalism to get local news out there. But for me, it is a little more enjoyable. Kind of take it easy. Tell a few jokes. Put together a lot of pictures. 
go out in the community and ask people, hey, what should I include in this article? So if you think of anything besides speedies and not calling it upstate, then I should put in my article for this newcomer's guide to Binghamton. You shoot me a DM. Shoot me an email. You can send an email to the news desk, too, here at WMBF. I'll get it. I'll get it eventually. 6.43 on WMBF. Looking for... here at WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. Right now, morning commuters may be experiencing some possible minor delays on New York 201 in Johnson City due to single-lane nighttime closures in both directions. From Riverside Drive to New York 17 for bridge work, it runs from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Started last Wednesday and will run through tomorrow night. We have a road closure notice, Sherman Creek Bridge, a county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th, 2022 at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will open to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will not be in place during the closure. So you're on your own if you need to get around it. On Monday night, at some work start locally, the Department of Transportation will be conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4. That's the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent. They're removing the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. Check on weather. National Weather Service forecast. Downtown Binghamton right now, it's about 61 degrees and humid. 90% humidity. Today, a slight chance of showers between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. Then chance of showers and thunderstorms after 5 p.m. But mostly sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Chance of rain is 30%. Tonight, a chance of showers and thunderstorms before 10 p.m. Then a slight chance of showers. Partly cloudy with a low around 59 degrees, 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow, chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 80 degrees, 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, mostly clear with a low around 55. Friday, sunny with a high near 81 degrees. And Friday night, mostly clear with a low around 58 degrees. It's going to be a scorcher on Saturday, 88 degrees and mostly sunny. 648 here on WMBF. I always. WMBF. 649 here on WMBF. Time for a check on sports. Yesterday, Jonathan India drove in two runs with a go ahead bases loaded single with two outs in the ninth inning. And the Cincinnati Reds completed an unlikely comeback, rallying past the New York Yankees 4-3. The Yankees were 49-0 when leading after eight innings, and the Reds were 0-48 when trailing after eight, before New York closer Clay Holmes failed to retire any of the five hitters that he faced. Holmes loaded the bases by plunking Tyler Stevenson and allowed an RBI single to Tyler Naquin and heard boos after hitting Kyle Farmer with a pitch. Wandy Peralta got two outs and was one strike away 
when India lined a single under center field. You know, I'll tell you this about Yankee fans. It does not matter how good you are for the first four, three or four months of the season. You lose one meaningless midweek game against the Cincinnati Reds, and they will boo you right off the mound. Clay Holmes has arguably been the best reliever in baseball this year. You can very much make that case. He's an all-star, the only Yankees reliever that's going to be in the all-star game, but you know he has one bad day. Maybe his mechanics are off a little bit. Maybe he woke up yesterday, didn't feel too well, said, all right, I'm going to try it anyway. Told Aaron Boone, yeah, I'm fine. I can go. This is what baseball players are going to say. I don't know. My stomach feels kind of weird. Maybe go to somebody else tonight. What baseball player is going to say that? Who knows why Clay Holmes didn't have it last night, but he's had it every other night this year. So let's give him a break. Let's not boo him. In the Mets and Braves game yesterday, Matt Olson hit a go-ahead two-run homer in the sixth inning. Adam Duvall went deep for two runs in the seventh, and the Atlanta Braves beat the New York Mets by a score of 4-1. to one. The defending World Series champion Braves trimmed the Mets' NL East lead to only one and a half games, and the teams will play the rubber match of the three-game series today. The Braves haven't lost consecutive games since June 17th and 18th, and they are 30-9 and since June 1st, which is the best record in the major leagues over that span. Atlanta had one hit against Mets starter David Peterson before Olsen crushed a slider 426 feet to straightaway center field. That's going to be a good race to watch. You know, when I was looking at the NL East before the season started, I assumed that, well, I assumed that only one team would come out of the NL Central, either the Brewers or the Cardinals. I assumed that in the NL West, the Dodgers would win the division, and you'd have either the Mets or the Braves winning the NL East, and then that next group of three or four teams, the Padres, the Giants, the Mets, even the Miami Marlins, who I thought would be a little bit better this year because they, they have a very good young pitching staff. Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, who was good last year, not so good this year. I mean, like They got Jesus Lazardo laying around. They got Sixto Sanchez in the minors. Marlins are interesting. But I expected this kind of exciting race down the stretch between the Braves and the Mets for the NL East title. And, you know, whoever lost that race would probably end up in the wild card game anyway. Yesterday, Rumble Ponies lost to the Erie Seawolves for nothing. Lack of offense has been their problem over the last week and a half or so, pretty much ever since Francisco Alvarez was moved up to AAA. So something to keep an eye on as the season unfolds. 6.53 on WMBF. Almost three. here on WMBF. Now it's time for Kim Commando. When you're looking for a great hotel, a restaurant, a new job, a veterinarian or dentist, car repairs, or any other company or service, here's why you should never trust online reviews. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by CarShield. Protect your car from expensive repairs. Visit carshield.com slash Kim and save 10%. Deductible may apply. Online reviews of stores, services, and products are useless and sometimes even dangerous because they're so easily faked. These phony online reviews are so prevalent that the Federal Trade Commission is ready to punish any business that allows them with fines of more than $40,000 for every fake review. Knowing which review is fake is nearly impossible to tell. But one giveaway is when you see a group of raving reviews suddenly appear on the same or very closely spaced dates. 
The best way to check any business out is still the old-fashioned way. Ask someone who you know for a direct referral, personally. I post breaking tech news 24-7 at my website. That's commando.com. I believe home should be the safest place on earth for every family. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe. Simply Safe is advanced whole home security that puts you, your home, and your family's safety first. Simply Safe offers comprehensive protection not only against intruders and burglary, but against expensive home hazards from flooding to fires. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents take action the moment a threat is detected, dispatching police or first responders in an emergency. Simply Safe uses proprietary video verification technology so that monitoring agents can visually confirm the threat in order to get higher priority 911 dispatch. Monitoring plans are affordably priced at a dollar a day with no long-term contract or hidden fees. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafekim.com. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring at simplysafekim.com. 6.56 here on WMBF. Friend of the program, Dave Adler, has just informed me that the Southern Tier is part of upstate New York. Hmm. Interesting. Unfortunately, I had to let him know that when you're talking about Long Island, you say on Long Island instead of in Long Island. So now I've discovered my way to come back against people saying, you're not in upstate New York. You're in the Southern Tier. And they say, oh, what are you, in Long Island? No, no, no. It's on Long Island. You're on Long Island. Check on traffic and weather. Possible minor delays on New York 201 in Johnson City due to single-lane nighttime closures in both directions from Riverside Drive to New York 17 for bridge work. It runs from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Started last Wednesday and will run through this coming Thursday. And work started on Monday night. According to the Department of Transportation, they're conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4, the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent. They're going to be removing the old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. At a road closure notice, the Sherman Creek Bridge, a county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th, 2022 at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will not be in place during the closure. So, you're on your own if you're going over Sherman Creek Bridge. Good luck figuring out where to go next. Check on weather, National Weather Service forecast. Right now it's about 61 degrees in downtown Binghamton and humid, 90%. Today a slight chance of showers between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 5 p.m. Mostly sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Chance of rain is 30%. Tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms before 10 p.m. Then a slight chance of showers. Partly cloudy with a low around 59 degrees, 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow, chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 80 degrees, chance of rain 30%. Tomorrow night, mostly clear with a low around 55. Friday, sunny with a high near 81 degrees. Friday night, mostly clear with a low around 58. And on Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 88. 
a perfect day for me to sit inside in the air conditioning all day. 6.59 on WMBF. It's time to do this. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Hour number one coming to a close here, but don't worry. We got two more hours for you. First news before heading off to Bob Joseph's Binghamton Now, the live and local talk show. ABC News up next. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning, 61 degrees at 704, the greater Binghamton area. Skipped out on those storms that we were keeping an eye on from yesterday. However, Delaware County, as usual, getting socked. Power has been restored to all those areas, but late last yesterday afternoon and into the evening, there were thousands of NYSEG customers without power. So far, the NYSEG website today is showing pretty much fair sailing. The forecast for today, right now, 61 degrees, a slight chance of showers this afternoon afternoon mostly sunny and a high in the low 80s johnson city police are investigating a stabbing a few blocks away from wilson memorial regional medical center police say 26 year old village man was taken to the hospital for treatment of two stab wounds following the 10:45 p.m monday incident near the railroad tracks south of the intersection of corliss avenue and allen street a detective said he believed the man was treated and released the authorities were looking to determine the circumstances surrounding the stabbing. It's not known what type of weapon was used. No arrests have been made and police have not provided information about a suspect, including the sex of the assailant. assailant. The identity of the victim also not being released. Minor injuries are reported after a car rolled over onto its roof in a collision with another vehicle in heavy rush hour traffic last evening at late afternoon on the Vestal Parkway. The crash occurred on the eastbound lanes of the Vestal Parkway near the Campus Plaza, otherwise known as the Olam's Plaza at about quarter of five yesterday afternoon. A woman who was driving a Toyota RAV4 sport utility vehicle reportedly suffered cuts in that rollover. She was taken by ambulance to a hospital for treatment. Man driving a Dodge Dart sedan said he was not hurt. Investigators are looking into the crash, but the man claims the SUV cut in front of him. Eastbound traffic was backed up for a time as the police officers worked at the scene, not known if any tickets are going to be written. The first wind turbines are in place for a massive power-generating project in eastern Broome County. The Bluestone Wind Project will consist of 26 turbines in the towns of Windsor and Sanford. The completed project will include 13 miles of access road, 36 miles of high-voltage power lines, and two meteorological towers. The wind farm will cover an area totaling 5,662 acres. The project received needed local and state approvals despite opposition from some people who live near the sites. Tree clearing for the 112-megawatt wind farm began early last year. Northland Power of Canada will manage the wind project, which it purchased two years ago. The wind farm will connect to existing New York State electric and gas transmission lines. The project is expected to generate enough electricity to power 54,000 homes. Bluestone Wind Project is expected to start commercial operation by the end of this year. Northland Power executives are planning to join local and state officials for an event in Sanford today. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf and lawmakers have wrapped up their budget work two weeks late, approving billions of dollars in new spending, tax breaks for businesses, and substantial sums for public schools. The package caps the eighth and final budget for the governor, Democrat Wolf. 
The Pennsylvania is in the best fiscal position it's been in years, with the state treasury benefiting from federal coronavirus subsidies. Governor Wolf secured big new subsidies for public schools, perhaps his top priority as governor. Pennsylvanians will not see a cut in their income or sales taxes, but Wolf and lawmakers are cutting the corporate net income tax rate, which was one of the biggest in the country. Staying in Pennsylvania amid growing mental health crisis across that state, Pennsylvania lawmakers are prioritizing youth mental health services in the budget by approving a first time line item of $100 million for in-school support. Every school district in the Commonwealth will be getting $100,000 as a base grant, and charter school entities will receive $70,000. Pennsylvania's Safety and Security Fund, which was established in 2018 after the high school shooting in Parkland, Florida, will also receive $100 million, and $42.6 million will be allocated for county mental health offices, providing at-home and community-based behavioral health services. A Canadian artist and her mother are busy transforming the plain wall above a downtown Binghamton bar as they are painting a massive mural on the side of the building. 30-year-old Denae Brisonnet of Quebec has spent several days perched on scaffolding working on the public art project on the south side of the State Street building that houses the Rathskeller Bar. The carousel-inspired mural is receiving support from the Upstate Revitalization Initiative and the Greater Binghamton Fund. Brisonet says she expects the Binghamton project will be completed in less than two weeks. It's 7.09, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Feel the... And we're back. It's about 7-11 right now here on WMBF's First News with myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. It's hour number two here. Time for a check on traffic and weather. Right now, morning commuters may be experiencing some residual delays on New York 201 in Johnson City due to single-lane nighttime closures in both directions from Riverside Drive to New York 17 for bridge work. That's running from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Started on Wednesday and will run through tomorrow night. And starting two days ago on Monday, the New York State Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4. That's the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather-dependent. They're going to be removing the old bridge, which carried Front Street over I-81. And we have a road closure notice. Sherman Creek Bridge, a county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will not be in place during the closure. So if you take Sherman Creek Bridge to get to work, you're on your own. Find your own way around that. You got plenty of notice. You got about a, let's say, work starting on July 18th. And you got five days. Find a new route around there. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now it's about 61 degrees. Humidity 90%.
Today, a slight chance of showers between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 5 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Chance of rain is 30%. Tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms before 10 p.m., then a slight chance of showers, partly cloudy with a low around 59, 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow, chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., mostly sunny with a high near 80 degrees. Chance of rain, 30%. Tomorrow night, mostly clear with a low around 55. And Friday, sunny with a high near 81. Friday night, mostly clear with a low around 58. Before we get into a very nice Saturday, which I will not exit my apartment for. Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 88 degrees. Saturday night, partly cloudy with a low around 65. I can't do 88 degrees. It's just too hot. The, it, the temperature is simply too high for me. I will very much turn into the the kid playing on the playground who's all sweaty and he's got, you know, popsicle stains all over his shirt because he's eating ice cream because it's so hot. Like, that's what I'll look like if I go out in 88-degree weather. Because let's be real, 88 degrees is really more like 93, 95 with humidity. And you know it's going to be humid. It's not great. It doesn't work for me. And the sun, you know, I'm Irish. I sunburn in like 15 minutes. You have any idea how much money I've spent on sunscreen in my life? Because I do, and it's a lot. 714 on WMBF. BS. News Radio 1290, WMBF. 716 here on WMBF's first news. Time for a check on sports. Yesterday, Jonathan India drove in two runs with a go-ahead bases-loaded single with two outs in the ninth inning. And the Cincinnati Reds completed an unlikely comeback, rallying past the New York Yankees by a score of 4-3. to The Yankees were 49-0 when leading after eight innings, and the Reds were 0-48 when trailing after eight, before New York closer Clay Holmes failed to retire any of the five hitters he faced. Holmes loaded the bases by plunking Tyler Stevenson and allowing an RBI single to Tyler Naquin, and heard boos after hitting Kyle Farmer with a pitch. Wandy Peralta got two outs and was one strike away when India lined his single into center field. Clay Holmes' ZRA ballooned from 0.46 to 1.37. So, fair to say this is just a little bit of an outlier for him. Still the only Yankees reliever that was selected to the All-Star game, despite the Yankees having a pretty good bullpen for most of the year. I guess part of it is just that top to bottom. I think the Yankees bullpen, you know, you look at guys like Michael King, Wandy Peralta, and even further down the line at a guy like Albert Abreu, who was DFA'd by the Yankees earlier this year, and then got ended up getting DFA'd, I believe, by the Texas Rangers, or it was the Houston Astros, one of those Texas teams, said, well, we don't have room for Albert Abreu either. And that's what the Yankees' problem was. The Yankees always liked Albert Abreu, we just didn't have room for him on the roster. So someone's got to go. And back with the Yankees now, and he's been off to a pretty good start with them. The Yankees have always had a good bullpen. Ever since, I'll say, you know, back in 2015 when they had the no-run DMC bullpen, Dellen Batanzas, Andrew Miller, and Aroldis Chapman, that was the first year I think I really noticed that, hey, this Yankees bullpen, this is something. And, of course, your mind automatically goes to Mariano Rivera, but before Mariano Rivera, you got to remember we also had guys like David Robertson, Rafael Soriano. Now, those are good high-leverage relievers there. The Yankees have always been big on the bullpen. The Mets and Braves, Matt Olson hit a go-ahead two-run homer in the sixth inning. Adam Duvall went deep for two runs in the seventh. 
and the Atlanta Braves beat the New York Mets 4-1. The defending World Series champion Braves trimmed the Mets' NLEs lead to one and a half games, and the teams will play the rubber match of the three-game series Wednesday. The Braves haven't lost consecutive games since June 17th and 18th. They are 30-9 and since June 1st. That's the best in the major leagues over that span. Atlanta had one hit against Mets starter David Peterson before Olsen crushed the slider 426 feet to straightaway center field. And the Binghamton Rumble Ponies lost again yesterday. Lost by a score of 4-0 to the Erie Seawolves. They're on the road. Tough stretch for the Rumble Ponies. Not a lot of offense coming since Francisco Alvarez was moved up to AAA. Got to figure out where runs are going to come from for the rest of the year. Rumble Ponies now 31-51. and We'll be back in action tonight at 6.05 at Erie again. So if you're not planning on driving out to Erie, Pennsylvania, you can listen to the game right here on WMBF. Pre-game starting at 5.50 with Jacob Wilkins. A little bit of other baseball news as well. It sounds like Major League Baseball is going to be testing banning the shift in the minor leagues. It's something exciting to look forward to. I think if you asked me a couple years ago, I would have said banning the shift was a mistake because... Looking at it from the baseball manager's perspective, you know, don't tell me how to manage my team. If I want to put Manny Machado standing out on the right field pole so that he gets there to a ball down the corner before the right fielder gets there, I'll put my guys wherever I want to put them. But it is objectively not a very fun brand of baseball to watch when the defense is aligned so perfectly that, well, your only option for scoring runs is to try to hit a home run, and that's going to lead to a lot of strikeouts as well. So, be interesting to see what players get a bump jose ramirez specifically as a left-handed hitter gets shifted 96 percent of the time and that's that that stat might have updated in the last couple months maybe he's hitting the opposite way a little more often but you know he gets shifted a lot as a left-handed batter which is where he takes most of his at-bats so you limit a shift against a guy like that who even with the shift is already a 300 hitter with a lot of power you see a lot of MVP quality seasons out of Jose Ramirez. Very wise for the Cleveland Guardians to lock him up for a few extra years. 721 on WMBF. Hi, Brian from... And now it's time for Wall Street Now with ABC's Jim Ryan. From ABC News, Wall Street now. Stocks took a tumble for the third session in a row yesterday. Tuesday's closing bell saw both the S&P and the Nasdaq Composite fall 0.9%. The Dow Jones finished 0.6% lower, just shy of 31,000. Concerns about economic slowdowns worldwide have eaten into oil prices as well. West Texas Intermediate crude closed at 97.17 a barrel yesterday, down from a high of more than $122 a little over a month ago. We'll get a new look today at how fast prices have been rising for you and me. There are concerns that the Labor Department's core consumer price index will show that high home prices are fueling inflation. Housing makes up two-fifths of the CPI. The tenth largest prize in the 20-year history of the Mega Millions lottery goes up for grabs on Friday. Nobody has picked all seven numbers correctly since April 15th. The jackpot now has grown to $480 million. Jim Ryan, ABC News. And it's 7.23 here on WMBF, and we're now joined by Karen O'Neill. Karen, how's it going? 
Pretty good, James. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic today. So we got a little preview yesterday of what we're going to be learning today. What do you got for us? We're going to talk about, you know, how do you protect yourself if you come into an illness or you have an accident that makes it um, happen that you need assisted living, long-term care services, whether it be nursing home or home care. And if you do need that, then how do you pay for it? Because it can be extremely expensive. It could be a short-term situation, uh, James, or it could be a longer um, situation, which would create, obviously, a bigger expenditure out of your budget because long-term care services can be extremely costly. So there was a great article in um, the last AARP magazine, and it was under the uh, Money Saver columns with Jean Chatsky, and she's great. And uh, it was basically saying, you know, long-term care worries. What do I do? A couple wanted insurance, but they were having trouble. Um James sorting through all the choices because it is complicated and it's, you know, not an inexpensive type of insurance to purchase. So you want to make sure that you're making the right decision on what to purchase. So number one, do you need to purchase it? Should you buy it? So if you're one of those people that wins that 400, I don't know what it is up to, 480 million. Enough. It's enough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you win that Saturday in the drawing, Friday or Saturday, whichever it is, do you need long-term care insurance? Well, probably not because you're going to have enough assets to, you know, pay for any services that you may need in the future. But what about somebody who, you know, if you don't have a lot of assets, what happens with you? Well, a lot of times then there's a, uh, there's a formula that tells you how much in assets you can keep before Medicaid will pick up the tab for you, okay? And so there's different um, – what we do is we do a formula for people, you know, on their assets, their income, and where they fall in those areas and does it make sense for them to take a certain percentage out of their portfolio to pay for their long-term care insurance or hybrid product so that they don't have to drain their assets if one of them becomes ill, especially if it's a husband-wife situation. When do you buy it? Well, the best time to buy any kind of insurance, whether it's life insurance or long-term care, is when you're the healthiest and the youngest. Because these insurance companies want good risk. You know, they want you to buy the insurance, not necessarily use the insurance. So the younger and the healthier you are when you look to purchase insurance, whether it's health insurance, which is, falls under the long-term care arena, or life insurance, the lower your premiums are going to be. And then what type, what kind of insurance should you look at to cover those long-term care expenses if you should come into them? So there's really two types, and one's traditional, one's hybrid. Traditional is a pure long-term share, long-term care insurance contract. And so you pay an annual premium, and, and let's say you're 65 years old. Your annual premium for a three-year um, contract is 
um, for a male, it would probably be around $5,000 a year. For a female, maybe six or 7000 So it's not an inexpensive insurance because the cost of the um, expenses with long-term care are very, very high. So the insurance is also high. So if you have a traditional long-term care policy, you pay the premium. If you don't use the insurance, then those premiums are done. It kind of works like term insurance. It's pure protection, okay? The other type of insurance is called a hybrid policy. And I'm a big fan these days of hybrid policies. And the reason why is because it's a combo. It's um, either a life insurance policy that allows you to dig into the death benefit to pay for your long-term care or an annuity that pays more if you need care. So in New York, most of them are life insurance contracts with long-term care uh, benefits. How does it work? So let's say you have a half a million in life insurance and you come into a long-term care situation, which you and your wife say, you know what, let's use some of the death benefit of this policy to pay for the cost of our care, of my care. So you're allowed to do that. You tap into that half a million dollars in benefit to pay for that annual premium um, and let's say you're in a in, in a nursing facility, you know, your annual premium is going to be around $150,000, $160,000 a year. So that's the resource. If you never use the life insurance contract, the hybrid contract, for long-term care expenses, then guess what? When you pass away, then your beneficiaries will receive the um, the proceeds of that contract. So for that reason and for the other reason that... There are contracts with hybrid policies where your premium is locked in, which means your premium cannot increase and your death benefit cannot decrease unless you're accessing the benefit. Those are extremely popular and because we know it's going to pay because eventually everybody's going to leave. And so people say, well, this way, if I have to put money into a contract, at least I know that someone's going to benefit from this um, this premium that I've been paying for for all these years instead of, you know, well, I paid for it, but I didn't get sick, so so it's all gone. So, wow, that's a lot, but you know what? That's what we do. It's one of the things we do up at the uh, office under Karen Sweet O'Neill Insurance Solutions. We're up on 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up above Plato's Closet and Style Encore. You drive right up to us. We're all one floor. You can give us a call at 607, and you have to dial the area code, right, James? Of course. Uh, for everybody now, 607-772-4898. You can Google us at KSO Insurance, and all our contact information comes up. Or simply go to a phone book, and we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. Fantastic. Karen Sweet O'Neill, thank you very much for helping us out with that versatile life insurance policy. Definitely something for me to look into before, you know, I start to break down a lot more than I already am. (laughs) I hope you don't break down. But it's really security for people, too. Yeah, for sure. Of course. Karen, thank you so much. Thank you, James. Have a great day. Have a good one. 731 here on WMBF. It's been a while. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 61 degrees at 733. 
The dew point is at 59, so it's feeling a bit on the muggy side right now. We skipped out in the Broome County, most of Broome County, on those thunderstorms from yesterday. Although a big wallop being hit in some parts of Susquehanna County and Delaware County late afternoon and some power outages. Things back to normal this morning. A slight chance of showers afternoon today for the Binghamton area. Otherwise, mostly sunny and a high in the low 80s. The House January 6th committee has revealed that in a heated, unhinged dispute... President Donald Trump fought objections from his White House lawyers to a plan eventually discarded to seize states' voting machines. Then in a last-ditch effort to salvage his presidency, Trump summoned supporters to march on the U.S. Capitol for what turned into the deadly riot. In another revelation, yesterday committee co-chair Liz Cheney said the panel had notified the Justice Department that Trump himself had contacted a potential witness who was talking with the committee who had not yet testified the uh, Justice Department may be looking into possible witness tampering. U.S. inflation likely reaching a new 20 or 40 year high in June, driven up by a spike in gas prices, more expensive food and rent, and pricier cars and hotel rooms. A government report today is expected to show that consumer prices soared 8.8% in June compared with a year earlier, according to data provided by FactSet. That could be an increase from 8.6% in May and the biggest yearly raise since December 1981. Inflation at that level would make Make it highly likely the Federal Reserve will implement another large interest rate increase at its next meeting in two weeks. The families of the victims of the Uvalde school shooting have gotten their wish to see surveillance video captured inside Robb Elementary School the day of the 20, May 24th massacre. The release of the video came five days before state investigators had wanted when a leaked copy was published by an Austin newspaper. This is Jim Ryan. The surveillance video shows the hour-long delay as police stood in a hallway before entering a classroom and killing the gunman. Federal and state law enforcers blame Uvalde School Police Chief Pete Arredondo, but Mayor Don McLaughlin says... When is your li- in your lifetime, have you ever seen, when a state agency or a federal agency comes on scene, that they take orders or direction from local law enforcement? Never. Arredondo, who won a seat on the city council weeks before the massacre, has now given up that seat. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. WMBF First News Time, 735. A Great Bend man is accused of inappropriately touching a 12-year-old girl. Pennsylvania State Police in Susquehanna County say they arrested 38-year-old Matthew Post on June 27th. Authorities say at about quarter after five in the evening, they received a report of an adult man inappropriately touching a 12-year-old girl from Halstead. Troopers say further investigation resulted in Post being charged with indecent assault and corruption of minors. At the time of his arrest, bail had been set at $5,000. Pennsylvania State Police are looking for a cache of stolen weapons and a suspect in connection with a break-in at a home in New Milford in late May. Authorities say guns, ammunition, and other items were stolen between May 20th and the 22nd from a home on Cosmello Road in New Milford in Susquehanna County. The owner of the property returned to the residence at around the end of May to discover multiple firearms missing. It was sometime between midnight on May 20th and 10.30 in the morning on May 22nd. The authorities say there were no signs of forced entry to the home. The victim reported a black High Point Mansfield OH High Point Carbine rifle and law enforcement 22 caliber rifle with an unknown serial number a law enforcement 20 gauge shotgun 
with an unknown serial number, a law enforcement 16-gauge shotgun pump with unknown make, model, and serial number, and 100 rounds of Magtech 115GR ammunition were stolen. The investigation is continuing. Anyone who saw any activity around the home between May 20th and the 22nd, or anyone with information about someone possibly trying to sell weapons, should contact local law enforcement or the Pennsylvania State Police. The Shenango County Health Department is asking residents to help them develop strategies for keeping the community healthy in years to come. A community health assessment is being done to identify health needs and to form future decision-making. Information gathered in the assessments can not only include health practices like exercise and nutrition, but also such factors as accessibility to health and wellness services that could mean public transportation, location of facilities, or other details. The Shenango County Community Health Assessment is being done online with a survey monkey assessment. You can find out more from the County Health Department, and a little bit later this morning, we'll have a link to that survey at our website. It's 739, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Want to save a here at WMBF. You're listening to First News with myself, James Kelly, and Kathy White injecting some energy into your Wednesday. (laughs) Injecting something. I think it's called uh, Columbia Supreme was the blend I got for my coffee. Hey, are you a weather geek? I like crazy weather. Like crazy weather that causes the really funny clips of like weather person gets hit by a flying stop sign doesn't get too injured like those are hilarious clips uh, objectively i always feel bad at the time for laughing at them but after i know everyone's okay then i can be like all right like that was kind of funny we had one guy that worked uh i worked with years and years ago that we just called him chicken little because everything was like oh my Worst like, storm ever. Yeah, you know, we would get like a 20% chance. It was like yesterday with that storm that we didn't get in Broome County, but we also have to bear in mind that our signal reaches beyond, you know, the triple cities and the, the twin, you know, the immediate twin tiers. Parts of Susquehanna County got nailed. Part of uh, Delaware County got some power outages and some trees down and wind and lightning and everything else. But um, where we camp, it's always very, very windy. And the, we have a movie nights down at the campground, which we have to put up a projection screen. So we're concerned, since it's outdoors, about winds and everything else. So just in passing, I mentioned to the husband, I should have known better. I should have known where this was going to be going. I just happened to make a, a, a crack about, oh, we should get an altimeter. You know, one of the little whirly gigs that goes around and measures the wind speed. Oh, yeah. And next thing I know, what is arriving on our doorstep? What do you, what do you need an altimeter for? You can no, just no, open no, up no, your no, phone no, 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 and it no, no, says, no, no, here's no, no, the wind. No, no, no. Well, actually, down down there, you don't have, you know, even uh. cell service or anything. But no, no, no. We, we not only got an altimeter. We got a weather station. Okay, this thing's got a digital readout that has the humidity, the barometric pressure. Are you the, chasing tornadoes? It's, it's got the altimeter on it, which, you know, he had to go kind of cr- climbing like a monkey up the, the ladder on the outside of the camper, which was kind of funny. And <laughs> trying to figure out with zip ties how to attach <laughs> this thing and which direction was south to point it. And then after that, we had to go out and 
get a rain gauge, which, you know, basically a rain gauge is just a tube with, like, markings for one inch. Well, we got one of those, too. So we can have our own remote weather station if you want reports from Bradford County, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's going to be coming up to you at the campsite and be like, hey, Kathy and husband, do you think that we could head out for a hike? Well, what does the weather look like? You think Should I wear a hat or is it going to blow off my head? We have the top wind speeds that have been recorded in the last 24 hours, plus the current wind speed and direction. The barometric thingy, I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to have to talk to Dave Nicosia at the National Weather Service, our buddy up there at Mount Ettrick, uh, to talk about, to tell me what it is I'm supposed to be looking for. I know if the barometric pressure drops, it's going to be a storm. Yeah. I just don't know <laughs> the readings are supposed to be. But, yeah. Um, That's like classic science right there, right? Like like with the telescope thing, with all the pictures that came out, I don't want to know how much science went into obtaining those pictures. I just want to <laughs> see the end result. I just want to know, is there a giant storm coming? Let me go ask Kathy and husband at the campsite. <laughs> Yeah, what, what, what's going on with you? Of course, that's that's probably quite far away from where you're going to be because there's bears down there. Yeah. <laughs> no, never bears. Never bears. I will not but go the, anywhere the, the, rel- the, pr- the probability of hot and cold running bears, that'll be yeah. part of the I mean, I've seen a lot of deer out back this week. I don't know why this week in particular the deer have been really roaming through the parking lot. might have something to do with how dry it is. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a deer expert yet. I'm sure I will become a deer expert. <laughs> Everyone was really excited to see the deer. Everyone was out on their porches being like, hey, look, like these are out like in the middle never, of the day. Like never we seen can see them. deer before? Yeah. Well, usually when I see them, it's 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm the only one yeah, seeing them. Dawn and dusk are the big times to watch out yeah. for deer. Yeah. This was this time in particular, it was like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and everyone was like, wow, I just got home from work, and I pulled up right in front of these deer, but they didn't move. They oh, were just no. Like, they just give you the hook. I don't care. They just flip you the hook. Yeah. Yeah. But if you yeah. like slightly turn your doorknob on your porch, the ears perk up like oh, what was that my 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 big concern is the the, the peppy lapews the little oh skunks kitties with the white stripe down the back yeah yeah not a fan of those not looking no. forward to smelling those <laughs> yeah it's 744 here on WMBF almost three Six forty-six on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. Morning commuters may see some possible minor residual delays on New York two hundred one in Johnson City due to single lane nighttime closures in both directions from Riverside Drive to New York seventeen for bridge work. It runs from eight p.m. to seven a.m. So right about now, you might see the very back end of that traffic. Started last week on Wednesday and will run through tomorrow night Thursday. Department of Transportation is also conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4. It's the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent. It started on Monday night. They're going to be removing an old bridge which carried Front Street over I-81. And we have a road closure notice, the Sherman Creek Bridge, a county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road in the town of Sanford, will be closed to all traffic starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 8th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will not be in place during the closure. So if you need to go over Sherman Creek Bridge to get to work, you're on your own. You have five days to find a new route. Good luck.
National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now, it's about 61 degrees. Humidity, 90%. Today, slight chance of showers before 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 5 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 82 degrees. Chance of rain, 30%. Tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms before 10 p.m. Then a slight chance of showers, but partly cloudy with a low around 59 degrees, 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow, chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., mostly sunny with a high near 80 degrees, chance of rain 30%. Tomorrow night, mostly clear with a low around 55 degrees. And Friday, sunny with a high near 81. Friday night, mostly clear with a low around 58. And Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 88 degrees. Far too hot. Saturday night, partly cloudy with a low around 65. 748 here on WMBF. here on WMBF. Time for an update on sports. Yesterday, Jonathan India drove in two runs with a go-ahead bases-loaded single with two outs in the ninth inning, and the Cincinnati Reds completed an unlikely comeback, rallying past the New York Yankees 4-3. The Yankees were 49-0 when leading after eight innings, and the Reds were 0-48 when trailing after eight before New York closer Clay Holmes failed to retire any of the five hitters that he faced. His ERA jumped from about point zero four six to one thirty seven. Not great for Clay Holmes. He loaded the bases by plunking Tyler Stevenson and allowing an RBI single to Tyler Naquin and heard boos after hitting Kyle Farmer with pitch. Kyle Farmer, former Yankees shortstop prospect, Wandy Peralta got two outs and was one strike away when India lined a single into center field. For the Mets yesterday, Matt Olson hit a go-ahead two-run two homer in the sixth inning. Adam Duvall went deep for two runs in the seventh, and the Atlanta Braves beat the New York Mets 4-1. to one. The defending World Series champion Braves trimmed the Mets' NL East lead to one-and-a-half games, and the teams will play the rubber match of the three-game series Wednesday. The Braves haven't lost consecutive games since June 17th and 18th, they are 30-9 and nine since June 1st. That's the best record in the major leagues over that span. Atlanta had one hit against Mets starter David Peterson before Olsen crushed a slider 426 feet to straightaway center field. Going to be a really exciting NL East down the last couple months of the season here. If I was a Mets fan, I'd be looking to see some upgrades in the bullpen. Not so much Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz has been phenomenal. You don't need a closer if you're the Mets, but maybe throw a couple more high-leverage relievers in there. I think we've seen enough out of Adam Adovino over the years, especially with the Yankees, to know that once you get to September, Adam Adovino's production changes a little bit. He runs out of gas. Binghamton Rumble Ponies lost last night 4 nothing. Continues a streak of some pretty quiet offense it's lasted a week or so maybe a little bit more since francisco alvarez was moved to triple a they're back in action tonight at 605 at erie pregame on wmbf at 550 with jacob wilkins 752 here on wmbf on WMBF. Now it's time for ABC's Tech Trends. From ABC News, Tech Trends, a new affordable smartphone makes a splash in the market. 
Phone One from tech company Nothing touts mid-range market quality specs at around half the cost of the iPhone 13 Pro, but its physical features are what sets it apart. The Nothing Phone One has a glass back that is clear, and so you can see the innards of the phone. C. Scott Brown is the editor of Android Authority, also included on the back, strips of LED lights that can be custom programmed by the users. For example, you could say, Whenever I get a phone call, I want the lights to repeatedly flash so that you can see across the room that your phone is ringing. Phone One is not available to North American buyers yet. Brown thinks founder Carl Pay wants to prove the device's worth before launching into the competitive U.S. market. You have one chance to make the United States, and if you don't, then that's it. You're done. So he does not want to squander that chance, so he is going to wait. With Tech Trends, I'm Daria Albinger, ABC News. Looking for... on WMBF. Time for one last check on traffic and weather. Morning commuters may experience some residual delays on New York 201 in Johnson City due to single-lane nighttime closures in both directions from Riverside Drive to New York 17 for bridge work. It runs from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Started last Wednesday and will run through tomorrow. Starting On this past Monday, the Department of Transportation is conducting single and double lane closures and occasional slowdowns in alternating directions on I-81 from exit 6 to exit 4. That's the 1781 split. Work is expected to last approximately three weeks and is weather dependent. And the Sherman Creek Bridge, a county-owned bridge located on Sherman Creek Road, will be closed to all traffic on July 18th, starting on July 18th at 7 a.m. for joint repairs through 7 a.m. on August 8th. So, look for some alternate routes. Downtown Binghamton right now, 61 degrees, 90% humidity. Slight chance of showers between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. today. And chance of showers and thunderstorms after 5, but mostly sunny with a high near 82. Tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms before 10 p.m. Then slight chance of showers, partly cloudy with a low around 59. Tomorrow, chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., but mostly sunny with a high near 80. Tomorrow night, mostly clear, low around 55. Friday, sunny with a high near 81. And Friday night, mostly clear with a low around 58. 7.58 on WMBF. Join Mark Pat- This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. here on WMBF's First News with myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. we got one more hour to go here before Bob Joseph's Binghamton Now, our live and local talk show. So if you're expecting to call into Bob Joseph's show at 8 o'clock, well, hold on to those questions for an hour. Call in at 9 o'clock. Let's make Bob Joseph sweat again today. ABC News up next.